Well, babe, you're officially a mom. And you're officially a dad. <laughs> so my wife, Angela, is definitely my favorite blogger, YouTuber extraordinaire, and she's a pretty amazing wife, I must add. And my guess is that a lot of you have seen my husband, Matt, on TV or in the movies, Wyatt from Timeless, Liam from 90210, anyone? How about Chicago from Pitch Perfect 3? I mean, he's bringing the sexy. All right, all right. So if you guys didn't know, Angela and I created a podcast called Hello Bump to chronicle our journey as expecting first-time parents. We really just started it for something for us to look back on, but we ended up really loving our weekly chats. Yeah, so much that we couldn't stop there. I mean, now is the fun part, right? Now is the payoff for the nine months of pregnancy. Now is where our life begins. And we have a brand new beautiful baby girl, and we're so in love. (laughs) We want you guys to come on this new journey with us of figuring out, frankly how to raise this little thing. We know it's going to be tough at times, but we also know that the rewards are great. Yeah, we're going to be chatting week to week about the joys and the struggles of learning how to do this parenting thing. And I'm pretty sure we'll mess up a lot. But from every mistake comes a lesson that hopefully we can pass on to you. So join us on this wild ride as we undertake our newest challenge, parenthood. Hello, Hello, baby. baby. Okay. Hey guys, we're back. It's true. You heard it in the intro. We just couldn't stay away and we are excited to be back because now we have something real to talk about. Now's where the fun begins. Now is where the fun <laughs> definitely begins. Sitting or the sleeplessness, whichever one you want to you say. I think it's going to be all the above. Sitting in front of me <laughs> is my wife, Angela, who is not just the wife. She's also the mom. You're the dad. And I'm not just the husband now. I'm the dad. It's so weird, isn't it? It's so... Like mind-blowing. It's so mind-blowing and so strange and I feel like we just got used to being called a husband and a wife now we have a new label (laughs) five years ago I know but it feels like (laughs) it was just yesterday you know it does and I think that's what the like the weird sad part about this whole thing is that I already know is that this is going to go by so quick for us these early young years it already is going so fast it is and just like we wanted to document the pregnancy we want to document raising this kid because I can already tell you she's a handful and she's got a personality, <laughs> but we love every little tiny thing about her. And, um, it's been pretty special so far. It's been quite a journey. And we want to share this with you guys. Um, so we're back with hello, baby, no longer hello bump. It is a rebranding and a relaunching of the podcast. And uh, who knows how long we'll be going. So for those of you who followed along through your pregnancy, now you can follow along through the journey of parenthood with us. It's exciting. It's overwhelming at times. It's so many things all rolled up into one. But it's the most love that you will ever feel for somebody that you've never even met before yeah (laughs) I think it's pretty accurate so we're just excited for all things to come we're excited for this podcast we're excited for 
things to talk about. We're excited to talk about baby gear. We're excited to talk about sleep schedules. We're excited to talk about breastfeeding. We're excited to talk about all this stuff that we're learning. And hopefully we can pass on to you guys either tips or, you know what, maybe you can learn from things that you shouldn't do. Yeah. But, um, but we're pumped. It's a learning curve, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess maybe we should just take it back from the birth story. It's the best. I mean, we figured this is a good place to start is yeah. how the birth story all began. And so we've been really excited to finally get this out there and share it with you guys because you have been so amazing just on this journey with us from the very beginning, from day one of us announcing until now. So it just felt like this was a really special story that we needed to share with you. And if you haven't been following, obviously, Angela's referring to the podcast that we hosted previously called Hello Bump as Expecting Parents. And uh, if you are joining us for the first time or you're just now discovering this podcast, welcome. You can go back and listen to our entire pregnancy journey if you want. But uh, again, here's where it really, really starts now. So welcome aboard and uh, (laughs) I guess let's just get going. Yeah, let's do it. So without further ado, here is our birth story. I guess we just jump right in. I mean... Should we just go back to the morning of? Yeah, I guess the morning of. I mean, isn't this isn't this wild? We have no more no more things to talk about like the bump app and all that kind of stuff and how big she is and we thought we had a whole another week. We thought we were going to have another episode. Well, we were scheduled to have her at 39 and 1. But we had her at 38 and 2. Right. So And you know it makes me really sad. <laughs> That you had her? Yeah, because I Angela, just miss being pregnant. So, yeah. So we're recording this, you know, a, a couple of weeks into the future after we had her. And Angela's been so sad about having the baby. No, like, I'm, I'm so happy to have no, no, her. No, 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 no. I don't mean it like that at all. But I do mean she's she's she is already sad about not being pregnant. Angela really, really loved recording <laughs> Hello Bump for you guys. <laughs> I loved being pregnant, though. I love... I don't know. It's just like a such a special time, and it's something that only I could experience. You couldn't experience it, and feeling the movements and feeling her kicks, and I don't know. I'm just so, really so you're bummed out. I feel like you're over there, like possibly you're going to get emotional a couple of times during this. <laughs> <laughs> possibly, I don't. I don't know. Possibly. So, I mean, the the postpartum hormones are a for real thing. Yeah, no, they are. They are. They really. So our daughter, wow, that's weird to say, (laughs) is just right next door to us in her little rocking thing. She's sleeping, she's snoozing, allowing mom and dad to record this story for you guys. Don't worry, the doors are open. We have good tabs on her, of course. But you're probably going to hear crickets or frogs in a minute because it's pretty loud. It's part of her little like sound machine thing. She's in one of those Fisher Price soothers, like the rocker soother. And loving it right now. Oh my gosh, she loves that thing. Well, let's go back and and tell them. I mean, I, I yeah. guess we have. I feel like we have so much to talk about. I, I don't even know how to break this down. Or even where to begin? It, or where to begin? There's I, I just think, information overload. I feel like. Yeah, I think we just go back and start from the beginning. From the beginning, which is that Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
It's Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. I wake up at 6.30-ish in the morning. I hadn't slept good the last two nights before. Do you remember? Like I just, I just had bad sleep. And I, I've slept very good through pregnancy. It, things things had, had been what seemed like a little rough for you the past week. We talked about it on the previous episode of Hello Bump. Mm-hmm. Things seem to be getting a little rough on your body. Honestly, mm-hmm. now looking back, this doesn't surprise me that she came. because yeah. I was uh, at the point where I could hardly walk. Right. I mean, I feel like your body was starting like to tell you it was, it, was, it, was, it was over. It was done. Yeah. So looking back, it doesn't surprise me. But so you wake up around 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Why'd you wake up? I was having contractions, like, but I thought they were Braxton Hicks. Right. But at the time you woke up with what you thought were Braxton Hicks. But it was in my back is what was alarming to me because my Braxton Hicks had just been in my stomach where it, w- it would tighten. And then go away. And it wasn't painful. It would just take my breath away. Mm-hmm. But these were tightening, take my breath away, but then causing pain in my lower back. And so I laid there for about an hour. Finally, at, I think it was 7.30, I woke you up. About 7.30 a.m.? I think so. Yeah. I remember you waking me up and just saying, I'm having a lot of pain. I, and- it's verbatim, and you, you don't remember this because you were so sleepy. I woke you up and I said, I'm having a lot of Braxton Hicks, I feel like I might be in labor. That's what I said to you. Oh, you did? I did say that to you. Ah. But I think you were, were you in being such 100% a hundred percent serious. Yes, that? I was being yeah. serious because I had been timing it on my phone, on my app, yeah. the contraction tracker for an hour. So I woke you up. You kind of stirred, but I don't think you really took me seriously. Either that or you were just in a fog. So I laid in bed for probably about another hour. It kept continuing. I, I kept trying to doze off. So I finally got up and t- took a shower. I think it was like around 8.30 or 9. And I was like, if I get up and I take a shower and I move and change positions and they stop, then this is clearly Braxton Hicks. It's not labor. So, and also I thought to myself, this is the real motive for the shower. If I am in labor, I'm going to be really mad that I have dirty hair. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have clean hair. Sure, you got to look beautiful if you're going to go to the hospital. No, that wasn't even it. It was that if I go to the hospital, I'm in there for five days. You want to be clean. I want clean hair. Like, because who knows when I'll get my next shower after surgery. You know what I mean? Yeah. So go take my shower. I'm in the shower and I feel like I'm not really noticing the contractions. Maybe it was because of the hot water. I don't really know. Put my hair in a towel, getting back in bed. You're still asleep and they kick right back up again. And then that's when I wake you up again. And I think it's like maybe 930. And I'm like, I think this is for real. Like, Mm -hmm. we need to call the doctor. And I feel like, I I guess I I probably don't even need to to say this, but obviously her water had not broken. Mm -mm. So there was no signs prior of her being in labor. But they were consistent at four minutes, about four or four and a half minutes apart. And what what do they say that when you're in labor, they say that you can, okay, they are 511? Yeah. Which is? They are every five minutes. They last for one minute each, and they're consistent for an hour. So okay. five, one, one. Okay. Mine, I wouldn't say were consistently at a minute apiece. Maybe they were a little bit less. Maybe some were a little bit longer. That part was inconsistent, but they were coming consistently at about four. I'd say between four and five minutes apart. So at that point, I think that's when you decided to call the doctor's office, right? Well, yeah. I mean. We had gotten up and 
you were really not in any sort of a panic or I wasn't even really in pain. You weren't, no. So so I wasn't in as any uncomfortable. I wasn't in any sort of a panic. I, I I was very I was very logical through through that whole thing. I mean, it was very not like the movies for us. Yeah. You know, but we kind of knew that. We knew that going in that, okay, it's not going to be like the movies where your water breaks or you're in labor and we need to screech out of here and get to the hospital ASAP. We knew it wasn't going to be that. We knew that realistically, it takes days to labor mm-hmm. if you're going into, you know, to have a natural um, birth. So we knew we had time. But we also knew that we were going to be a C-section as well. Right. At that point. I could still feel her head up high. So we knew she was still breech. So there, there is, there is that because we do know that once you go into labor, and your baby's breech, the baby does need to get out within, you know, like a certain amount of time, like a especially day. when your water breaks. Yeah, especially if your water breaks. But because our, my water hadn't broken. It could be unhealthy, and there could be infection and all that kind of stuff. Right. But her water hadn't broken, Mm-mm. so we were just kind of like, okay, let's let's be cool about this. So I think we woke up. I think I made some coffee, had a cup of coffee. We kind of just like talked about what we felt like we needed to do. But I was afraid to eat or drink anything in case it became a situation. So right. I just drank some water, but I didn't eat anything. Because they tell you to fast for eight hours eight before hours you have surgery. Eight hours prior to the C-section, So yes. you're thinking, oh my gosh, I might have to go in and have surgery. I'm not. I'm just going to go ahead and not eat just in case. Yeah. So, But I was parched because remember, I talked about last episode how I was constantly thirsty. I was just dying of thirst. So... We decide that we're going to call the doctor's office. I don't remember what you were doing at this point, but I got on the phone. I decided to pack my bag. Is that what you were doing? You yeah. were upstairs packing your bag? Yeah. Okay. So you're upstairs putting finishing touches on your bag. You had already packed some stuff, but you're putting the finishing touches in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm downstairs. I call the doctor's office um, and I got a doctor on call, of course, because it's Saturday. And I talked to her and I said, this is what's going on. You know, we're breach. Uh, my wife is feeling, you know, what she thinks could be contractions. Uh, she has Braxton Hicks often, a lot, a lot, a lot. And she has them at different intensities, but she's having contractions and she, they feel different to her. They feel like they're in her back. They feel different. And that's the only way we can really describe it. And, and she said exactly what I thought she was going to say. She said, it does sort of sound like labor, but what you need to do is go to the hospital because the only way you're going to know is to go to the hospital and get some fetal monitors put on your belly. One for you, one for the baby. And we already kind of knew that. We just didn't want to drive all the way down to the hospital, get hooked up, just to be told, no, you're not in true labor. Go back home. I mean, plenty of people have done that. We've watched so many YouTube videos where people go to the hospital. And this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to do it. It's just, we just didn't want to. We didn't want to go through the whole hassle. My mom told me she did that. Oh, that's right. And yeah. she got sent back home. Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll even go to the hospital and be in labor, but they, they can tell that you're in extremely early labor. And they'll mm-hmm. tell you, just, you know what, go home for like a day and a half or two days and come back unless something crazy happens. So we, I kind of knew they were going to say that. And I told Angela, I said, baby, you know, she did go ahead and say we probably should go. So I think we need to go on and go down. Um, at that point, things are still fine. Yeah. No, nothing, nothing panicky, nothing like that. So <laughs> I think we go ahead. You're outside like 
shredding boxes. I was outside like working on the recycling bin. Yeah. Like packing the car, like acting like it was a Tuesday, like afternoon, like before the trash comes or whatever, you know, like. Right. <laughs> and so I, you're doing that. I go ahead and, and take a, a shower and, and pack up my bags. I really did not do my bag packing before. I've already talked about this in the previous episodes, but I had a little bit of things pulled out, but I really. And I, I pretty much packed you too while you were on the phone and stuff like that, like our yeah. toiletries and everything. Yeah, you just, got that Just stuff. to make sure that like toothbrushes, everything were done. I feel like I totally overpacked, by the way. I feel like we could get into that. Oh my gosh, I totally overpacked. <laughs> 100%. The back of our car was overflowing. Uh, it was it was ridiculous. Like it we really were, was. Like we were moving into like a two bedroom apartment or but something. But to be fair, you needed like bedding stuff. So yes, I'm, I'm yes. actually glad we brought the pillows. We, we should get, we should talk about all this stuff. Because yeah. it is interesting. I take the shower, get my bags packed, getting some of those last minute things such as pillows, blankets, everything we might need for the next couple of days, things I can think of that like just might make her and me for that matter more comfortable if we stay in the hospital, things like heating pads because I hear hospitals are freezing cold mm -hmm. and my own pillow and my own blanket and aromatherapy for you and making sure we have oils that you like and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So camera equipment. Yeah, well, that was already packed up, but I did need. I did need to make sure. I think. I, I think I grabbed like another camera. Yeah, I already had like three packed. I just grabbed another one just because. <laughs> <laughs> so, we get the car packed. Mm -hmm. We get on the road at about eleven thirty. Yeah, 11... that's a long time. I mean, I'd already been in labor for five hours at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't. You didn't truly, truly know. So no, we get. But down... I was still consistently having them. Like I was out there cutting down boxes and taking breaks to breathe. You know. Like... Yep. So we get to the hospital. It's a nice drive down. It uh, was. It's, you know. We, well, we waited to call our parents till we got in the car. Well, we didn't want to really like send them panicking or anything because no. like, I sort of feel like my mom definitely, and I know your mom too, ha was more or less like standing by the phone the last week and a half or two weeks. Yeah. Just waiting for something to happen. Yeah. We didn't want to panic them. Well, because... I had gone in, had the high blood pressure. That was concerning to them. You know, there there, there had just been things lining up that that they felt were pointing to that she could come any day now. Right. And so we didn't want to give them false impression that this is happening and make them panic and they needed to, to get, get out here and all this kind of stuff. Because again, we didn't... It's New Year's Eve Eve. Keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. We didn't know. We didn't know anything. Mm -mm. We, didn't, we didn't know. We're, we're newbies at this. We're first timers, yo. Well, I just mean we didn't know and we weren't going to know anything for certain until we got to the hospital. Right. right. So we get there. We we pre-registered. Mm -hmm. So we got checked in really quick. I mean, like, it was so fast. It was great. We pulled up. We valeted. <laughs> we got out. I said, what do you need out of the car? Anything? You want your watch? Just like... You know, it was just the easiest process. It we really walk was. In. It was still decorated for Christmas at the Which hospital. Was nice. so that was really nice. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know if this hospital was always like this or not, but it felt like almost like it was an off time for the hospital. I mean, all the days that we were there, including that day that we pulled up, it just didn't feel very busy. It was quiet and peaceful. It was extremely quiet. Almost like, you know, it was a holiday. Like people. Like <laughs> the, you kind of felt like nobody was there. It was so quiet. Right. Yeah. It was really nice. It, it just was. helped the whole vibe. It was just peaceful. We go in, we check in. Go to triage. We uh, is that triage? Is that yeah. We go to labor and delivery. Well, triage is the part of labor and delivery where they're checking you to see if you should be admitted or not. Oh, 
So okay. like that. So our first nurse was our triage nurse. So we walk up to the desk and like it was. I I remember the feeling of walking up to the. De- oh well, first of all, when we <laughs> when we walked in, mm-hmm. there was there was like there was an say. older couple and there was yeah. an older really tall man there. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably in his late seventies. And um, and we're, we're walking by and, you know, like I'm trying to I'm trying to keep calm and just be very like calm about things because let's let's face it, I, I'm nervous about you know that stuff, <laughs> you know, that, that we might be having a baby. So I'm just like ca- be trying to be casual. I think physically I'm trying to be casual because I feel like physically if I am that helps me emotionally. And I don't know where you were at emotionally at that very moment, but uh we're walking by to the elevators and this man looks over at us and he goes, are we expecting something today? <laughs> and, yep. and I go, I don't know. That's why we're here. We'll see. So, and uh, then they like rush to like usher us into like the elevator and tell us where to go. And it was, yeah. they're, they're very sweet. Yeah. So we ride the elevator up, we get off at triage, we walk up to the desk and that's an, that's a weird, that's another thing I probably won't forget is just walking up to the desk. I don't really remember verbatim what I said, but I just remember the feeling Walking up, going like, "Hi, um, so my wife could be in labor. I don't know. We're registered. Like, it's just one of those things. It's I didn't know what to say. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say because we've never done it before. So I didn't know what words to to say. And uh, but I I did. And and they were very kind. There was a few of them up there. And again, it was like super slow up there too. It was like a nice work day for them. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, yeah, sure, sure. What's your name? Yep. Here you are right here in the system. Okay. All right. Well, let's take you over to uh, room one. So we walk over to room one and funny enough, room one or whatever room, number room it actually was, yeah. was, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, was the room that we did our hospital tour mm-hmm. in. And we saw that room, which, yeah. which technically is actually a labor and delivery room yeah. for vaginal birth. Yeah. Uh, but they went ahead and put us over there. Because technically being a C-section, if I was scheduled, I wouldn't go into labor and delivery. I would go to one of the C-section rooms. One of the C-section prep rooms. Yes. Which we were told um, was in was just, you know, on the other side of the hall. And they, they were like internal rooms that had no windows and yeah. they were very small mm-hmm. because people aren't in there very long. No, you're just in there to prep for the surgery and yeah. then you move on to the OR. 15, 20 minutes you're right. in there, you know, getting your your garb on and maybe putting the epidural or whatever. So they're very small. They're not meant to accommodate for a long time. Um, so they went ahead and put us over in this other labor and delivery, like I said, the one that we saw. Now the room that we toured in the hospital, and one of the reasons we fell in love with the hospital is because this room was so beautiful. It was like we totally, we totally lucked out. Like it was this huge room. It had huge glass windows. The view, like Angela said, was beautiful. It was mm-hmm. just overlooking Santa Monica. Yeah, it's very. You bright. just look out, and there's palm trees, and you look. Was it all the way to the right, and you could see the ocean? You could. Uh, well, it was we're, we're a little bit. It was a little more inland than that. Was so it? I couldn't. I can't really say you could see water necessarily, right. but you could see like the coast. Yeah. It was surprising to me how fast it everything. Like we got oh. to the desk and immediately we we're in a room. Oh. And immediately the nurse is in there and immediate like it was just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Like it was just crazy. Like I, my experiences with hospitals in the past is like you hurry up and wait. You know. Right. It was just crazy how quick everything moves. No, as soon as we said, "Hey, we're so and so, and we're we're registered," and they and they found us in the system, they pretty much got up out of the chair and said, "Okay, come over here," and then we were in the room within, I mean, literally like 
two minutes probably. And I was in a robe like immediately. Like it was so fast, everything. Yeah. And the nurses from the get-go were just great. They were really nice. and just My labor very... and delivery nurse I really liked. Yeah. I mean, she was just, she's fantastic. Do you remember her name? I can't, it, it wasn't Alex. No, no, no. It wasn't Effie. Man, we have all the, we have all Effie, these nurses. Effie is our delivery nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it, this is going to make me so mad. I know. Was it Jessica? Ah, uh, maybe. But anyway, you get to know these nurses kind of I wouldn't say really well. Not like we're you old do because pals you're because, with them for twelve hours. So they keep coming in to check on you, and and you know, it's like these nurses are seeing Angela and me at some of our mo- more vulnerable points. You know, we're a little 100%. nervous. percent. We're a little nervous. We're a little scared. They're coaching us for Angela. Her body is experiencing things she's never experienced. It's scary. So these nurses, you you kind of like, you kind of have to let your guard down very quick. And just trust. Mm-hmm. And in this case, all of our nurses, it was really great. It really was. So I'm just saying that to, to say that within a few minutes, we were immediately felt comfortable. So like I said, it went so fast. They put us in the room, put me in a robe, and then it was like ball, ball rolling. Like they put two monitors on my belly. One was to monitor her heart rate and one was to monitor my contractions. And do you remember they couldn't get her heart rate? They kept having to move it around because she was so breech. Right, right, right. So they kept they kept taking her monitor and they kept they would get it for a minute and she'd leave the room and then like it felt like a few minutes later she'd come back and she goes, I lost the heart rate again and she'd have to go like and I don't think it was that she was moving the baby was moving so much as it was that they just she was so breech that they could they were having a hard time getting to her heart rate. Um Pretty quickly on, they checked my cervix. I don't feel like anybody prepared me for that. That's what no one told you about, really. No, it was awful. W- describe that to people. It was so what, what, painful. What happened? So she had me lay on my back, and she had me bomb both of my hands into fists and and put them behind my back, like in my lower back, to lift my like lift my butt up off of the bed. And I don't think you could watch, could you? Like you were, I think, I felt like that was like pretty dramatic for you. No, no, I I, I was watching. Were you? But yeah, but they you had were me definitely. Do, they had me do the froggy legs. Is that what it is when you do like the diamonds where your knees are out like a diamond shape, but your feet, feet are touching, are right, touching. Right, 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 yeah. And then she goes, this is going to hurt. And she puts a glove on. And I, I, I'm thinking like when you're checking your cervix, it's just like, oh, a finger's going up there to, me- no. Like, I feel like it's like her whole fist is up there. Like, I have never had anything so far up inside of me <laughs> in my entire life. It was awful. And she... and Well, how long is like your vagina to your cervix? I don't know, but that was awful. It was awful. It was like, it's, it's not like sex. Like, that's not... It's beyond where... Well, because they're other regions. They're real, yeah. Like they go way, way up, and so because well, they have to get beyond your entire vagina. And she's like vagina. coaching me through it. Like she's telling me to like breathe, yeah, and she's telling me like clearly they know it's very uncomfortable. Well, she had already had a baby, right. that nurse. So she like that. That was another awesome thing to be talking to somebody who's already been through this. So she brings the glove out, and it's bloody, and she's like that. A little bit freaked me I, out. That's what I meant. Like, I, I knew that that was going to freak you out. And she goes, you're one centimeter. And I was like, great. One centimeter. Like, I could have been one centimeter for two weeks. Right. 
One and centimeter is not it's much nothing. at all. It's nothing. You can walk around being like four centimeters for weeks or whatever, you know? I felt pretty discouraged that I was like, okay, we came down here. I'm having these contractions consistently. I'm only one centimeter. They're just going to send us home is what I felt like. So then she hooks me up to an IV and she goes, we're going to give you some fluids because I'm watching your contractions. Your contractions are very consistent, but we're not convinced that they're true contractions. We're not convinced that they're not Braxton Hicks and you're not dehydrated. When they did that, I remember her leaving the room and me looking at you and saying like, there's no way that I'm dehydrated. I drank so much water the night before, like so much. And you even walked me to the bathroom and I was peeing like crazy before they even put me on the IV. So what they did was they 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 checked her cervix. And just to go back to that real quick, it it was bloody. <laughs> and after I could see it on the gloves and I was like, uh, is that normal? Does that mean everything? She was like, it's normal. It's fine. It's normal. It's normal. So, um, but she said, we're hooking you up to this IV in case it's dehydration causing these things. And um, we'll come back in a couple hours is yeah. basically what she said. Yeah. I think she was like, we'll give you this one and probably one more bag to to kind of prove it wrong in a way. To, to kind it, of throw you your body out of these contractions. It, yeah. It was almost like they were trying to do things as a process of elimination. Like, okay, let's hydrate you so we can say it's not it's not dehydration. So pretty much when she left, we kind of knew she was going to get some IV bags and um, and that they were going to. No, wait a minute. The IV wasn't for a little bit, right? No, it was pretty it was much pretty right soon? away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because they want they wanted to confirm I wasn't dehydrated. That was like step one. So wait, are you sure that they didn't leave and say, we're gonna just monitor you for a little while and see well, what's going they, on? They did put me on the monitor and then and watched it. Then they came back, checked my cervix. But did they saw that I was dilated, then put me on the But didn't they just monitor you for a little while, like 45 minutes or an hour, and then came back and said, okay, we're going to do an IV? Possibly. Because I, I, cause I almost remember feeling the feeling like they of- they gave that early, but maybe you're right. I remember feeling the feeling of, okay, now she's getting a needle in her arm and an IV, and it, it feels like the steps are getting closer and closer to being admitted. Like they're, it's progressing. Like yeah, like we're okay, okay. We're not, we're no longer just. Maybe you're right because then, then I had to, I had to walk with the IV bag to go to the bathroom. And maybe you're right. We're no longer just coming in here for someone to say, okay, we'll take a look at it. You know, we'll be in there in a minute. You guys just go in your waiting room. Now it kind of became like, okay. Now you're gonna get a needle in your arm, which requires medical equipment and, uh, you know, a nurse to come do it and all. And it kind of just felt a little more real, a little bit tiny bit at that point yeah but still had no idea alex that was the nurse's name was alex that was afterwards though i think was it yeah 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 gosh i know (laughs) it's driving me and sitting here like trying to remember i can see her face in my yeah in my mind yeah oh that makes me mad she even came back and visited us was it susan no (laughs) but okay so they give me they give me the iv and we can look at the the monitors and our moms are calling pretty consistent like a lot because they're like do we get on a plane do we not yeah. get on a plane and we're like just hold on just hold on they're yep. probably gonna send us home a few hours have passed by by this point. yeah i'm watching it's a wonderful life i make you get up and go to the cafeteria get something to eat because i'm like you and you felt terrible eating in front of me but i'm like no you need to you need to be fueled up because if this goes yeah you can, i can't have you passing out from hunger like <laughs> so she had not eaten since like midnight but the night before i was and, starving and i had read certain things about like people's stories going like you know as like the women were going like i can't believe my husband brought in a food and like tried to eat and all that and i, I listen i sort of get it 
So I was like, I don't know, babe. I, you know, first of all, I didn't want to leave her in in the room by herself. Not that it was a stressful or scary moment, but just like we're out I just, here. We're, I didn't want to be alone. Right, we're by ourselves. We're out here. It's just me and her versus the world. So yeah, I didn't want. I didn't really want to leave her. But after we had been in there for a few hours, just chilling, and our nerves were calm, and you know, you had TCM, and it's a wonderful life came on. It felt like okay, let's just breathe. I'll do what I do. And like you just said, you wanted me to get food. And yeah. I totally agreed that I, obviously I was hungry, but also I, I, I was totally approaching it from a standpoint of I, I need the nutrients if we are going to do this because yeah, I know I, know I need to be the one that has to kind of be with it be with it and be strong and yeah. whatever. So I went down, got a great turkey <laughs> burger, I think it was. It was great. You did. I was so surprised. Then I came back up. I got like sweet potato fries and a turkey burger and and poor Angela. I'm over there chomping, going like, babe, this is freaking good. Like this hospital food is great. Because uh, I always told you I love hospital food and you thought I was nuts. I mean, who doesn't? That's not like, not the hospital food that they bring to the room, but the cafeteria food. There's a distinct difference. This place had a full on grill. It was like custom order stuff. I mean, they well, had yeah, a they got to feed the bar. doctors. Yeah, yeah, it was think fantastic. about it. So. At that point, the nurse comes back in at the couple hour mark to check on me. And she's like, you know, has anything changed? And I'm like, I, I feel like the contractions feel the same. They're just as consistent. And she's talking to me and I'm looking at her and I go, I feel like I just peed myself. Do you remember that? And she's like, what do you mean? I go, I just felt a gush of something warm. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay, let's check. And I was like thinking to myself, did my water just break? That's what I thought happened. Right. So she helps me because I've got the IV in my arm. So it's kind of a little bit like tricky about, and I'm covered in monitors and she pulls my underwear down and it was just blood everywhere. Yeah. It was, was a little scary. It was scary. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, is there something wrong? And she goes, no, this is your bloody show. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well clearly that this, my body is like progressing. Like clearly right. something's happening here. Right. And so I, I kind of thought at that point, didn't you, that they were going to be like, okay, showtime, let's go. Yeah. I mean, every single it, it was a slow progression of things that were happening every hour, every couple of hours to make it feel like this was labor. But from the very get-go, I mean, and we kind of knew this from just classes and all this, the, the way that they really tell that you're in true labor is, is a, uh, cervix. a cervix dilation. So after that, she checked my cervix again. Mm -hmm. Just as painful, as terrible. I was at a centimeter and a half. Mm -hmm. Super slow. Yeah. So she's, she basically said, you know, you are progressing. But it's small. But it's very little. So we're going to monitor you again for, for another couple hours. hours. <laughs> and we're going to give you another bag of IV fluids. Yeah. And it was, and I kind of just was like rolling my eyes, I feel like at that point. I'm like, uh, either let us go home or get the show on the road. A little bit. by Because like, I'm starving. By like three or four, you were just kind of, when the, when the nurses left, you would just look to me and you were like, babe. I, I think we're having this baby. It's I I looked at you and I yeah, I, I was like, I'm in labor. Like we're having this baby, but like now, what are they doing? Now were your contractions at this point painful? Were they more intense than the morning time? No. Like well, you you were like sort of breathing through them though. I mean I was, but it was never painful in my stomach. It was only painful in my back. I was having back labor. Because I remember you, you were sort of doing that classic like it's because it completely knocks the wind out of you. Yeah. To me, it was more that I couldn't catch my breath than it was painful. Okay. That's what it was for me. Okay. 
So... And at this point, we can see the contractions on... The whole time we could see them. The monitor. Yeah. And like the first half hour, and I don't know, this is some kind of a like technological thing with the monitors, how it all works. But the first half hour, the contraction lines were like super messy, like the squiggly lines. Mm -hmm. But as we were there for a few hours, they became consistent. And I could tell, it was so weird. I could like tell when Angela's going to start to have a contraction because I could see the little lines go up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they peak at when her pain was peaking or the contraction was peaking, and then it'd come back down. And so I could tell when she was in a lull or when she was about to start or if she would kind of like pause or take like a deep breath and I'd look over, I could see the thing going up. Like that was crazy. It was like I had a, you know, window to the inside of her body. It was <laughs> so strange. So, yeah, I mean, what is it? 3, 4 p.m. now. Mm-hmm. You're really feeling like, okay, things just keep happening. Yeah. But they want to. They want to monitor more and more and more. They and the doctor's calling us in At between. At this point, yeah, she's already called us. She said, "Listen, I think you probably are in labor, but here's the deal: you're not 39 weeks. We have to have a medical case to do a cesarean before 39 weeks because NICU sometimes has to be involved if the lungs aren't developed enough, and that is." You know, that that's a an issue. So we need to be sure. Basically, we need to know that we know that we know that you are in labor. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a bit of like a liability thing happening there, too. Oh, 100%. That's what, that, that's what it all boils down to. I mean, think about it. We're in a Sue Happy society. I mean, they, they stated that it's a development thing, which I believe, but... I don't. I just... I think it's more liability that if they pull Here's, the baby out and something is wrong, that we would turn around and say, you pulled this baby out early and we were not in labor. And I read that you know. twins are fully considered full term at 37 weeks and they're able to schedule a cesarean at 37 weeks. So why in the world would one baby not be full cool. term at yeah. 37 weeks? Yeah. It's got to be 39 weeks. It's crazy to me. Well, I mean, it's not like we were trying to schedule the thing early anyway. I mean, we are full believers in full term. Right. But uh, I I didn't even want her to come out. I wanted her to stay in until she was ready to come out. But clearly my body was telling me it's something's something's got to give here. So that's where, where do we leave off? Like four o'clock? Is that where we? Something like that. Okay. So basically. Our parents are going nuts at this point. <laughs> this, yeah, all the time. They're what, calling what's going constantly. On? What's going, what's They're going like, on? do we get on a flight? Do we not get on a flight? There's one flight tonight. There's only one seat. Do one of us take it? Do one of us not take it? Yeah. Our moms are just going nuts. Yeah. Everyone's frustrated. They we, they want to know something. And the nurse is telling us, don't put them on a flight yet. We just Just wait. Know. Just wait. So we really have nothing to tell them. I mean, I think I told my dad, my mom, I just said, look, I... Well, your dad was scheduled to fly out the next morning anyways. Yeah, true. So I literally don't know anything. And... When we do, I'll let you know. But up until now, they just keep giving us two more hours, two more hours, two more hours. Yeah. So we got another two more hours. They're supposed to come in, I think, around six or between six and seven. Mm-hmm. It would have been between six and seven because the nurses change shifts at step between seven and seven thirty. Mm. So I think she might have came in around six or six thirty was for the the next check. So they come in, gone through two bags of IVs at this point. Or fluid. I've gone through two bags of fluids. We actually recorded a little vlog at that point for ourselves just to you set the camera up just so that we can kind of just remember the experience. Mm-hmm. I haven't even gone back and watched that yet. So I, I haven't either. I want to go back and see what we said. So nurse comes in, gone through the fluids. Contractions are still happening. I mean, 
They definitely did not die off. If anything, they're stronger than ever. And she says, okay, let's check your cervix. She checks and she says, you're at two. And when she said that, I knew. Yeah. I knew it was it was game it was time. It. Yeah. Well, because clearly you went from one to two. I mean. My body's <laughs> do progressing. Do the math. It's plus one. So. Right. Your body is 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 progressing. Your cervix is dilating, which means you are in labor. Yeah. So she says, "I'm going to go call your doctor, and then we'll be back and we'll talk about you know what's going on, what we're going to do." So. And she can't really make the call necessarily. I no, mean, she's it's, not it's, allowed to do that. It's the doctor, right? Yeah. So she said, "Okay, he, he, okay, yeah, you're progressing. Let's go call your doctor and see what she has to say." So she comes back. I don't know, half hour later. Not even. And by this time, it's what, like 6.30, 6.45? Yeah, probably. Okay, so she comes back in, and she comes back in with a pair of scrubs for me. And do you remember exactly what she said? Did she say it's go time? Yeah. Yeah. She comes back in, says, it's go time. You're scheduled for a C-section at 7.30. And we're like, what, 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 what? <laughs> like, you made us sit here and, and labor and wait all day long, and now you're giving us it was about 30 minutes, I think. I yeah. think it was about 30 minutes. I mean, we sat there twiddling thumbs for seven hours, and all of a sudden, it was like, yep, you're going in. Get ready. Come on down. And it's like, oh, my God. Hold up. Things for me went from like zero to 100 at that moment. I feel moment. like I saw the, the blood drain out of your face in you that moment. You probably did. Like you, I feel like it was just like sheer panic when I she had to do the scrubs. I think it was. And I'm just sitting there like, well, I knew this was going to happen. All right, real quick, let's just take a small break because I want to talk to you about comfort since we're kind of talking about Angela's comfort anyway. And here's the reason because I know for a fact Angela would have loved to have one of these products I'm about to tell you about in the hospital because she spent three and a half days on a crappy hospital mattress. Her butt hurt. It was sore. She was hot at night. Angela would have loved to have been sleeping on a Casper mattress matter of fact i don't know why all hospitals don't have better mattresses here's here's why she would have loved to have a casper mattress number one they're breathable they help you sleep cool at night they regulate your body temperature over twenty thousand reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across casper and amazon and google it's, it's becoming like the internet's favorite mattress brand i'm sure you've heard of casper come on everybody's doing it <laughs> i mean you spend one third of your life sleeping so i think you should be comfortable. That's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, with Casper, you can be sure of your purchase because they've got a 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. How awesome is that? They've got affordable prices. They cut out the middleman, and they sell directly to you. That's how it's a better price. They've got hassle-free returns if you're not satisfied. It's free shipping, free returns in the U.S. and Canada. You have nothing to lose. The coolest part is that it's delivered to your door in a small box. How do they do that? No, really. How do they fit an entire mattress into a box? I do not get it. <laughs> For real, you got nothing to lose. You can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash baby and using promo code baby at checkout just for us Hello Baby listeners. Of course, terms and conditions apply. Try it. Everybody's doing it. Get your $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash baby using promo code baby at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. All right, back to it. At that point, I felt like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Wait, we need to make phone calls. We wanted to pray. We wanted to pray with our parents. 
I need to eat again at this point. Yeah. Now I'm like, okay, now it's dinner time. Yeah. And you know, we're about to do this. I got to be there for Angela well, and be and strong. And I, I just thought that we had people who would want to be at the, ho- I knew that we had people who wanted to be at the hospital that we didn't even have time to call the people like Jason and Lauren or Crystal or anybody who could possibly be there for us in, in that situation. Just in the waiting room. And that's what I mean. Like in the waiting room, just as support for you, because yeah. it was, it's so fast. It happened so fast. It was just pandemonium, I feel like, for us. It, what's funny is it probably really wasn't at all, but <laughs> I think in our heads it was. Well, yeah, because literally they're like 30 minutes and you're going to surgery. Yeah. 30 minutes, 30 minutes from now, your life changes forever. Right. 30 minutes from now, you're, you're going to have a baby. 30 minutes from now, let me just say, I mean, because now everything's good and healthy, and, but, but God forbid, 30 minutes from now, you could have a major medical emergency. 30 minutes from now, and let me just go, go ahead and just say it all. 30 minutes from now, you could lose your wife. Why would you say that? That's terrible. Because these are the thoughts that are going on in my head. Of course, I would never say that at the time. And of course, I didn't truly believe that. Yeah. I knew everything was going to be fine. But you can't help but to have these thoughts. Yeah. 30 minutes from now, you might lose everything that's special to you, your kid and your wife. You know, so it's just like, it's scary. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes from now, you know, like, you have to like stand up and, and, and like be a man and be there for your wife and not pass out and not get scared and... 30 minutes from now, you know, you got to go from being some guy to, to the, the new responsibility that is going to, you know, impact your daughter's life forever. 30 minutes from now, you're going to, you're going to start this lineage of family that's going to go on for generations. Like, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and to, I wasn't having those thoughts. Right. I wasn't having those thoughts at well, all. No, because you have your own concerned thoughts. Yeah. I mean, you're worried about your surgery and, you know, what's going on in your head at that time? I don't even know. Honestly, it was like, it was just, I think in my head it was like, okay, let's just get to the next. Let's just get to the next. Get to the next, get to the next what? Get to the next step or like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, to the next step. Like, okay, now I have, the next step is I have to prep to go into surgery. Now I have to go get an epidural by myself. That was my my biggest thing was going in and getting this epidural and being in the room by myself. It it was just like, okay, let's just get to the next step. Get to the next step. Like it was that kind of thing. And it was like, I don't even think that I gave myself time to be scared. Like I was just so consumed with this is happening so fast. Mm-hmm. And one thing we forgot to mention is while while we were going through this whole process, you put together a playlist for the operating room. Yeah, at the very last moment. I mean, it was so fast. Because I think there was nine songs total. That was sort of like the one step that we knew we needed to do, but we just never got around to it. Well, because we, we were thought we to had do another it. week. Yeah. And there, there had been no indication to either of us that you could be going into labor a week early. No. Your mom was 15 days late. You know, everything. I thought I would be late. You thought you'd be late. I mean, I know we've I've mentioned, said that from the very beginning. We know we've, we've, I know we've mentioned that your body started to give us signs that that it was not happy but that also happens with what seems like most pregnant women i mean like their whole last month a lot of women seem like they're suffering mm-hmm. you know like they they they're totally Especially over all the stuff that we're reading you know in my yeah. like message boards like in the the apps that i was part of the forums yeah they're over it their bodies are done with it totally but that goes on sometimes the whole last month so yeah. just because your body you know, was starting to do some things that, you know, we're not comfortable, didn't necessarily 
tell us, okay, it's going to be within four days. Right. You know, we definitely thought we had until that scheduled C-section. Right. So just the playlist was just one of the last things we had never done. Um, so I was trying to make a playlist at that time, and I kind of like couldn't think real well. I put nine. You're asking me what songs, and I'm just like, like sure. What do yeah, you want to hear? Sure, and- that one. I don't know. Like it was... I, I couldn't even, that's what I'm talking about. My brain was just so like focused on the next step yeah, that like, yeah. I couldn't even comprehend what, what was being asked to me. You called your parents. I called my mom, them. FaceTimed my mom. You called your mom. FaceTimed them. Um, everybody was so upset that they were missing it. You know, they just, they just had felt, had they gotten on the flight when we first made the phone call in the morning that they would have yeah. been there. And they would have, but there's just no way to have known that. There yeah. was just, it was just impossible. And not to mention a snowstorm had rolled into Cleveland right. that night, remember? Yeah, which was hindering flights out. It was hindering. The I don't even know that they could have driven up to the airport that night. Could right. they have? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was pretty bad. So you had to run down to the car. I specifically remember this. It was before you got your um, scrubs on. You went to the car, I think, to get your camera equipment. I went to get my camera equipment, but also... Overnight bag? And to breathe. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, really. That like Me going out to the car was also me escaping for a quick second and like trying to shake out my legs and take some deep breaths. I didn't want to like necessarily show that in front of you. Because I didn't want to make you any more scared than you already were. I, I didn't really feel scared, though. But I didn't want to show you any of my like nervousness or, or me being scared necessarily because I didn't want to like trigger anything in you. Yeah. So that also allowed me... I expected me... you to be nervous. I really yeah. did. I, I wasn't nervous because I felt like I've been through surgeries before. Did you feel like you were... Fe- like I was exhibiting being nervous to you? I mean, I, I felt pretty calm, I feel like, the whole time. Um, yeah, from the outside, you the looked... only thing I cared about was vomiting. I just did not want to vomit. <laughs> that and was I, your thing. And I made everybody aware that I did not want to puke. Yeah. Like, just make sure that I'm not, I don't get sick and I'll be okay. That's all I care about. So that last like half hour, 45 minutes after we knew and before we actually got, you know, taken back was it felt just hectic. It felt like, you know, like we said, it, it just got thrown on us. We didn't have the time any longer for me and Angela to just sit and, and talk and breathe and say, okay, you know, this is going to happen for us. From like when they told us we were making phone calls and FaceTime calls and going to the car and getting the cameras and, you know, nurses were coming in and out at that point for various reasons. Some to like, you know, take your IV out or just like, I don't even remember if that's a... a well, there was also a shift change at the time. There was a shift change. The anesthesiologist came in and was talking to us about everything that was going to happen, you know, what would it was going to be. So we were talking to probably three, four different nurses at that point. They were wheeling carts in there for me to like put all our personal belongings. I was like kind of packing up what we had, you know, sp- you know, displayed in our room that we'd been there for the last seven hours. Cause I think at that point I had like a pillow out and you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, uh, oh, cause at one point I made you lay down and take a nap. Remember? Yes. We both closed our eyes and just tried to rest. Yes. And I don't really think that I did. I, think I didn't I, fall asleep, especially because I was having contractions. I mean, yeah. but I I laid there and watched Chip and Joanna. I was watching Fixer Upper. Yeah. yeah. But when you were outside, that's when doctor, our doctor came in. And she walked in the room mm-hmm. and that was the first time I got emotional. <laughs> she made me cry because she said some, she came up to me, she hugged me and she kissed me on the cheek and she said, we're, we're going to do this. And then I just started crying because I was just like, oh my gosh, like we are going to do this. And I think it hit me that 
nobody was there except for you and I. And I think that it was just like a very real like, I just expected my mom to be there. See, now I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> and, um, but then she just made me feel comfortable, you know? And, um, and then she started crying with me. The doctor started crying with me. And I was like, but that made me feel good because it made me feel like she was a real person and she understood what I was going through. And it just made me feel better. And then you walked in at that point and, um, and they left. And then that's when I think we got on FaceTime. Well, Jason called you, I think. Jason Kennedy called you and, and he prayed with you. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, Over FaceTime, both of us. Did he? I don't even remember. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I don't remember. And then I think that your mom called and prayed with us over FaceTime. And then I think that was it. Yeah. I, to go back and touch on the doctor, the, the doctor thing. I don't remember if we've said her name or not, but we just, we really, really loved her. And you I can think. say it at this point. We just were trying to, you know, protect yeah. where we were going. Well, her name is Dr. Stance and yeah. she's wonderful. Yeah. And I think. You know, after we switched to her very early on, me and Angela just both really loved her and made Angela and I feel so comfortable with everything. So mm -hmm. Dr. Stance a little bit to me felt like that parent that you could trust. Like part of our family. She part like felt like part of our family. Like she was a parent that that, you know, like when you know, when you're a kid and you have your parent there, like you know you're safe. Like you know you're good. You know your parents gonna give you good information and guide you and you know you're safe. Yeah. And that's what Dr. Stans, I think, felt like probably for you because it did. she did for me a little bit. Like she's familiar. We've known her for months and months now. We've been on this whole journey with her. She mm -hmm. knows everything that's happened, you know, with your body and, and everything that's been going on. Mm -hmm. And so it just felt like we were in good hands and we were safe and it was familiar. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe Dr. Stans in that moment was a bit of equivalent of some family to you. I think so. You know? I think so because I just never imagined giving birth and having nobody present at the hospital with us. Yeah. Like it just never even yeah. seemed like a, a possibility to me. Well, I will say that me and Angela had previous conversations about how do we handle the family situation? Meaning like if our if my mom and her dad and her mom and my dad are there, my parents are separated or divorced or whatever, her parents are together. And we were just kind of saying, okay, how do we do this? Because once we have the baby, do we invite all four parents in at the exact same time to meet the baby or see the baby? Or do we have them in kind of individually and let them have like that special moment? I mean, obviously your parents together makes sense, but you know, my it makes less sense for my parents to be in there together. Right. Um, because they've been divorced, they've been divorced for a long, long time, like mm -hmm. 15 years or something. Right. So do we let them come in separately and have their own moment mm -hmm. with our, our daughter and their new grandchild? And so we kind of were like wrestling around with that stuff and, you know, who, who do we have there and how do we do it? And in some ways this kind of answered things for us though. Well, we didn't have a choice. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that was a little bit jarring to me is that I'm getting ready to go back to surgery and the nurse who I have come to know for the last seven hours comes in and says, I'm so sad. I have to leave. And I wanted to, I was hoping she goes, I was pressing for this to happen before my shift was over. Cause I wanted to stay with you, but I have to go. And I like, and that like, like a little bit crushed me because I was like, I'm so comfortable with her. Right, yeah. I don't want her to go. Yeah. 
And then in comes the next nurse. Her name was Effie. I do remember her and her name. And immediately I was like so comfortable with her. And she was great too. She was great. She was so great. And she was like, I'm going to be with you from now until through recovery, through recovery it's going to be me and you. And we're going to do this and it's going to be, and she just, she was, she was right there with us. She, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she was kind of like the coach that stepped in for when you couldn't be there mm-hmm. because she, you weren't allowed to be with me, you mm-hmm. know? She was kind of, let's say, let's, let's see, how, how would we put this? Like if you had a mentor or a big brother or something guiding you through a certain situation, <laughs> Let's just say it's like the first day of school. I don't know why I'm coming up with those weird analogies. It is the first day of school and you've got your 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 big brother there walking you class to class and showing you how it's done. Yeah. That's kind of what Effie felt like. Yeah. It was kind of like all these other nurses and anesthesiologists, you know, aside from Dr. Stance, they're just kind of in the room. Yeah. We didn't really have a whole lot of personal interaction with them. Not at all. Well, the anesthesiologist and I did. We did a little bit, yeah. But but Effie was there to be both to let Angela know what was happening, but also as an emotional coach too. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was kind of your, she was your right-hand woman. Right. The, the, that whole evening. Yes. Um, and so immediately Angela felt comfortable with her. I did. She was I mean, she just- Super young, very yeah. young girl, but just very cool, comfortable. And, you know, she felt confident to me too. Like she, she'd done this before. She knows yeah. what else, she knows what's going to happen. She knows what, you know. And she said something to me before we walked back to the OR and she, she said something along the lines of a cesarean is so much easier than vaginal. Mm. She just was like, you're going to be so glad you did it this way. It's so much easier. This is going to be a breeze and you're going to, it's, you're just going to be so happy that you did this. And I felt like that was just a really nice thing for her to tell me as I'm getting ready to go through this because it was like, I got to be honest, like all my followers on social media who I was waiting, you know, like talking about being breached and like telling me how to get her to turn and stuff like that. I had so many people reach out to me and say, avoid a a cesarean at all costs. Like, and there were people, don't get me wrong, there were other people who were like, oh, it was a breeze. But there were some people who just had me so scared of a C-section, like, stay away from it. You need to do vaginal and all this stuff, but I didn't have a choice. So they literally put you in a wheel, put me in a wheelchair, wheeled me back to the OR, stopped. They they asked you if you wanted to walk to the OR or if you wanted to- uh, I, I had was wheeled because I was so famished that mm-hmm. I felt weak. Well, yeah. I mean, we said, we were like, yeah, we, you should definitely just- I was shaky know. and I, yeah. was, I was, hadn't had anything to eat in a yeah. day at that point almost. Yeah. So what's so weird to me is you get back there and you walk yourself into the operating room and you walk. And at that point, I left you behind the double doors. I think I did. I kiss you. I don't even remember. I think I did. I think so. I think I did. And said, you know, we'll see you in a, I'll see you in a few minutes. And they walk in and our playlist is already playing. So Effie walks me in. And the table is set up, so it's like double doors. Table set up, walks me around to the other side of the table, and she sits me down and she gives me a pillow. And immediately they're like going to work on me. Mm-hmm. Like it was so fast. So the anesthesiologist is is walking me through everything, and he gives me an injection in my back, and he goes, "You're gonna feel a slight pinch." He goes, "I'm just numbing your back," and it was it was like just a very like comparable to like a flu shot, like no pain at all. Mm-hmm. 
And then he, he tells me to grab the pillow, lean forward, and hug it. Like, roll, like, what would you roll your shoulder? Yeah, roll, roll your, your shoulders, shoulders around. Yeah. So, like, your back is doing like that cat thing. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, there was no pain at all. I couldn't wow. tell what he was doing because that the, he completely numbed me. I had no idea when the epidural went in or anything. Like, so could you feel pressure or anything or just literally nothing? I felt nothing. And then all of a sudden I felt like a, a jut down my left leg. Like I could feel a nerve like and, shooting down my left leg. And you're and sitting still. I'm sitting point. on the edge of the table and I feel something on my shoulders and Effie grabs me by my shoulders and she leans down and she she's like under my face and she's like face to face with me, but she's got her mask on and she's like talking to me and she's coaching me and she's like, she's like kind of cutting jokes, you know, and like. Just asking re- me questions. Do you remember any kind of like jokes or what she was saying? I'm just curious. I can't remember what she was saying. I think maybe she was asking me like about the baby's name or what I did. Like, like I, I can't remember. Just anything to like get m- my mood. mind. Take your mind yeah. Off it. Right. And I thought to myself, she didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Like that is a sign of a good nurse to to like go out of her way to make me feel so comfortable. And um, she kind of walked away and. This is the part that I've told you. Um, one of the songs on our playlist is Oceans from Hillsong. And, um, it's a worship song. Yeah. it's If you haven't heard it, it's just an amazing song. Beautiful song. Yeah. And it's playing. And there's like busyness going all around me because all of the, the surgical staff is already in there. But my doctor isn't in there. And how many people are part of that surgical staff? I would say... I was thinking at this point, there's probably four nurses in there and the anesthesiologist is what I'm thinking. Yeah. So there's two for sure nurses or staff outside of Effie. She walks behind me because she's got stuff to do too, I'm sure. She gets me calm. And Oceans is playing and I hear somebody singing word for word the song and the most beautiful voice. And I'm like, where is that coming from? And I look up and one of the nurses is busy or surgical staff is busily working but they are singing oceans word for word in the most beautiful, like angelic voice. And I'm like, I don't know. Like it was a piece. Now, what if, are you sure it was one of the nurses? A hundred percent. I was going to say, what What if like we call them back and they're like, nobody was singing. Then I'm going to be like, I don't even know because they all had the masks on. Right. That's what I'm saying. So you don't know for sure. <laughs> what if it was not one of the nurses? I'm pretty positive that I, I what if it was an angel when I looked up, <laughs> But when I looked up the nurse over, like over my right shoulder, like straight ahead, I'm pretty sure it was her singing because I saw her face moving. So I'm almost 100% it was her. And um, I would say if I could remember correctly, she's probably in her 40s and she was Hispanic, but she had the most beautiful voice. And I was like, I don't know. It just like that just stuck with me. And I remember feeling the shooting sensation down my left leg. And it was because the epidural was going in and there was a nerve being hit and it was started in my left like hip and I could feel it down to my toes. And I kept telling him, I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling like a jerking, like, and he's like, that's good. That means it's working. That's good. But that was the only sign that I had that anything was even going on in my back. I couldn't feel anything. After that, it went really fast. Like they flipped me onto the table. And- so did they pick your legs up for you and place you? I could still pick them up at that point, I think. Oh. But I think that they they kind of moved me because immediately after that, everyone's going to work. Like they're strapping my legs down. Like it's going boom, boom, boom. 
he's got my arms out because he's working on an IV and I'm telling him I'm feeling nauseous. And I don't really know in hindsight if I was feeling nauseous or if it was my nerves. Mm -hmm. But I was like, where's the Phenergan? Because I asked specifically for Phenergan and he's like, it didn't come. And I'm like, I asked for Phenergan like four hours ago. That's the only thing that I asked for. And like, you guys got to get me the anti-nausea. Like, that's the only thing I care about. And he gives me a puke bag and I'm like, I don't want this. I want my freaking Phenergan. That was kind of one of the... If we could name a hiccup or a couple of hiccups, that was one of them. That was one of that them. She requested Fenergan and it did not come from the farm. The farm uh, there's, there's three hiccups. One is the Fenergan. It didn't end up coming because I remember Effie walking in and she goes, we got your Fenergan. It's going in now. Like she, she was calling. I saw her go to the wall and call the pharmacy and say, where is the, fen-? I like, I saw Effie do this. Like oh, wow. she was like my, my, um, your little guardian. Yeah. Like she, she was the person who was, um. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like going to, to battle for me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I remember getting really foggy and I'm laying there and I'm like, I kept telling him like, I'm so tired. And he's like, I'm giving you some Benadryl. And I'm like thinking to myself, why are you giving me Benadryl? And I'm laying there and one of the nurses is working on my stomach because they're they're like prepping me, and I could feel the antiseptic swab mm-hmm. going. But at this point, the curtain is up. No, okay, it's not up because the right. doctor's not in the room yet. I see. And the nurse on my left, is, hands are on my stomach, feeling things, and she goes, "When's the last time you had an ultrasound?" And I go, "Tuesday," because it's Saturday. And she goes, "And the baby was definitely breech." And I'm like, "Yes, she's definitely a frank breech." And she just, I could see her eyes, and I see her cutting her eyes across the table to the other nurse and they're looking at each other. And I go, are you telling me that the baby has turned? And she's like, we're going to call the doctor. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, you cannot get me to this point and then tell me the baby's turned. And then what, what, what does this mean? And like, I start panicking internally because, Mm. and I'm asking for you. I'm like, where's my husband? Oh, did you say that? Yes. I I asked for you so many times because I'm like, the epidural's done. Like, where's my husband? Why can he not be in here? I kept Mm. asking for you because I I, I didn't understand that. I'm like, why can't you be with me? Mm -hmm. That's that's the whole, it it was just like, that was really perplexing to me. Mm -hmm. And next thing I know, I'm like dozing because I'm drugged up. Like I'm seriously drugged up. And I- hear Dr. Stance come in and go, it's Dr. Stance. And I open my eyes and she's got an ultrasound machine. She goes, we're going to ultrasound you really quickly. And I'm like, did the baby turn? And she goes, we're going to check that right now. And immediately she puts the, um, the ultrasound to my upper left rib where the baby's head was. And she goes, yep, there's the head. And I was like, yeah, I, yeah. What, what are you guys like? I, and I, it was because I was so drugged up in that moment that I couldn't talk, but had I been of my sound mind, I would have said all through labor, they knew she was breached because they couldn't get her heart heart rate. Like, just go look at my charts. Like, you would know that. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't even get it out. Like, I yeah. couldn't even put my words together. And it didn't matter at that point to, like, go back and try to correct them as to why they missed it. But no point was that Dr. Stance knew exactly where to look and she found it. I got to be honest with you. After her telling me that that's where the head was, that's, like, my last memory. Mm. until I have bits and pieces, but I don't remember you coming in the room. Really? No. Like, I was so out of it. But I'm assuming you came in very soon after that. Well, I was outside talking to Dr. Stance. Were you? Yeah. And one, and, and, um, 
I didn't know that until just now. Yeah. I was outside sitting there because I was outside waiting. I was literally right outside the double doors. I mean, I was probably realistically... I'm surprised you couldn't hear me asking. Well, no. I mean, those double doors are, are thick wood yeah. doors. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, I couldn't hear anything going on or anything either. Um, but I was literally probably uh, 12 steps from you. That's but, crazy. Yeah. And here I am begging for you to be able to be next to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I had no idea. I'm, I guess I could have gotten up and like looked through the windows because there were small windows on the doors, but I didn't think to do that. Like almost like maybe I'd be breaking a rule if I was, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, so, so I was out there talking to Dr. Stance about like Grey's Anatomy. You were? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one, why? Cause you was, were on it. Um, maybe. You know, really, I think I was just trying to make conversation with Dr. Stance and, and someone else. There was another nurse out there. I think it was a guy. Um, I think just to try to keep myself from being nervous. I was just, just being sane. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to be sane and I was just talking, just to talk. And I was like cracking some jokes about being like a nervous, you know, like a nervous husband out there and stuff. And they, they were laughing and, you know. But it, I remember that Dr. Stance and the other nurse, you know, they were having the conversation with me, but they probably didn't know that internally I was freaking out. I'm sure they did because Dr. Stance has three kids herself, you know? Maybe, but you know, they were talking as if like it was just any other conversation. She's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I watch the show. I went, you know, I don't really watch it, blah, 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 you know, but inside I'm just like barely listening to their answers because, you know, I'm just trying to keep my mind, you know, in the right place. It probably felt like the longest. It felt extremely long. I actually got a video recording of just the double doors <laughs> because I wanted you to see my my shot, view. my view, just sitting and there. And to me, it feels like it happened so fast because I was so, I was sleeping. Yeah. It felt like a long time. So I, they finally come out and they say, okay, come on in. And um, I don't even know who it was at that point that was walking me. I think it was Effie. It's probably Effie. She said, okay, you come in, you can sit right here. I'm looking at Angela. Uh, the curtain's already up. Angela's got her left arm out. Uh, the, the table's sort of like shaped like a cross in a way, mm -hmm. I guess. Her left arm is out on... Because both of my arms were out, weren't they? Yeah. And her left arm has a peak I wasn't, I wasn't strapped, which we specifically mm -hmm. asked for that, that my arms would not be strapped down because that's part of the whole gentle cesarean thing. Right. I go in, I see that she's got this green bag in her hand and I'm like, what is that? And she's essentially knocked out. She's like sleeping. And that wasn't ever part of the plan. No one no. told me that was happening. No one told me anything. So just when I walked in, uh, I'm kind of looking at her and, I'm, and, I, and I think I said like, what's going on or something. Um, or maybe I just came in and I said, hi, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And I think the anesthesiologist, me, I think so. And I think the anesthesiologist said, you know, she felt nauseous. We had to, we had to, um, you know, we had to give her something. And I, I said, hey, baby, you know, are you, you okay? Was you feeling that, nauseous? That and, started before they even gave me the nausea medicine, the knocked out. Like I was sleeping before they even gave me nausea medication. It's because they gave me Benadryl from the very beginning. And I'm so sensitive to it. I think they gave you something to help control your nausea. And that's what knocked you out. They gave, so I was already barely able to talk to tell them that I felt nauseous. I was uh, so out of it already. Huh. I'm telling you it was the Benadryl. You've seen me on Benadryl before. I'm a mess. And they gave that to me, I found out, because anesthesia causes itching. Mm. And so they were trying to counteract Perfect. any type of itching that may occur. 
which I got itching terrible anyways. So I don't know why they even did that. Yeah. Anyways. So I walk in and I lean down your ear. I'm like, what's going, you know, how are you doing? You feeling okay? And I remember the, you said two things to me. One was, I'm so, I'm just so tired. And then I'm nauseous. I feel like I'm going to puke. And I was like, oh Lord. Cause I knew that was not what you wanted. Mm-mm. And so I felt terrible at that point. And you said that to me a couple of times. Like, I feel like I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I feel like I'm going to puke. And I didn't um, even have anything in my stomach to puke. No, you, I think, yeah. Um, and then just a few more times, you're just like, oh, I'm just so tired. I can't. I'm so tired. So that's pretty much all that you would you would said. And at that point, I knew you weren't really up and with it. But I I kind of kept talking to you every now and then. And um, I I don't remember if I said anything else to you. But I was just kind of trying to be there and be comforting. Um, our wedding song came on. I do have memory of that. And I was singing our wedding song like right in, in your my ear. ear. I remember yeah. that. And it was in my left ear. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I was leaning That's down. That's one of my only memories. Isn't that crazy? That, that crazy. whole experience. And I just, I don't have, I don't have any recollection of it at all. Yeah. And our wedding song is a Jason Mraz. I won't give I up. I won't give up. And now because we have like video footage of different things, I can't decipher in my mind if I remember certain things or if I'm seeing it from the video, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, maybe the the video that you're seeing is triggering the real memory. It's quick. I have You have to fill in the... The, the blank here. Blank's here right, for me. Because your, your head is literally I, blank. <laughs> I, I have nothing. So I guess it is... A couple of minutes. I mean, it, it feels quick. And we have we had always been told that the whole surgery would take 45 minutes to an hour, but that the baby is born within the first, like, five minutes sometimes. And I would say it might have been more than five minutes. Might have been, like, eight to ten minutes. Because it felt like they were working a little bit. The At this point, I'm not seeing any of the surgery. The curtain is up. Uh, there's a you know there's and a curtain. Blue. We didn't do the clear. It's a solid no. curtain. Yeah. There's a when when they do C sections, uh, they put a curtain up around Angela's chest, and it's about two feet, three feet tall. I'm sitting down next to Angela's head. Uh, the music's playing, you know, and the anesthesiologist is up there with me. So I'm not seeing anything, but I am hearing, I am hearing things. I'm hearing equipment and you know, rattles and, and stuff like that. One of the big, big memories is the smell. Um, and it's super unpleasant. It's that smell of like burning flesh. It's just really gross, but... I do vaguely remember that. Because it was very pungent. I guess when they cut, they use a, a laser. Uh-huh. They, yeah, they either use a laser to actually cut or they're cauterizing as they're cutting and you can definitely smell it. Somebody told us about that. So I'm glad that I knew about it because that probably would have freaked me out a little Justin bit. Justin Melissa told us about That's it. That's right. Justin told me about it. And so I was expecting it. Um, so that was happening. And that, that smell lasted for a little while. And then I think again at the end. So you're not supposed to take video in the OR, but you know, uh, I'm a little bit of a rebel. And, uh... Let me just say, had you not done that, I would have You nothing. wouldn't know. This is happening one time, at least with this kid. <laughs> so I'm gonna frickin' 
put the little lever over to the video side instead of the picture side. So I was videoing and, um, and I could hear them saying, okay, I think we have a butt. I think we have a butt. And so I turned the camera on and I raised the camera up over the curtain. And my, so my camera is capturing what's going on now. At this point, Angela and Angela's head is, you know, obviously still below the curtain. She can't see anything. And they start to pull the, the baby out. They start to pull her out. And, and, and I can see it because I'm sort of standing up a little bit at this point, seeing over. And to be honest, I still didn't even see any like, like body blood or anything cut open. Uh, they have this thing on Angela. It looks the best I can describe it is like it looks like a like a trash bag with a rim on it. What's that game where they pull some out? Yeah, the game that you put the rubber thing in someone's mouth and they have to like say words. Or it goes like that. Yeah, and it pulls your mouth. That's open. what it looks like. That is what it looks like. It's like they insert it and it almost like opens up this hole yeah. in your abdomen, which is really gross, but it, but it is. And, um, so I couldn't like see into that or anything. It's not like blood was pouring out, you know? So really, as far as like the surgery goes, I really wasn't seeing much. So, but I did see them pull the baby out. Dr. Stan said, I think we've got a butt. We've got a butt. She pulls the baby out, butt first flips her on her, on her back. And of course I can see the umbilical cord. And she did know, say at that point, the cord is wrapped around her neck. She did. She did. And she flipped her over and she's got the vernix all over her. Vernix is the, is like that white kind of, uh, filmy, filmy creamy stuff. That's all over a lot of babies, yeah. most babies when they come out, uh, I was totally expecting that as well. I was totally expecting the baby to be, uh, odd colors like white and purple and blue. I've seen that before too, and I know it's totally normal. I think she was a little bit, but not to where, not anything to where I was like, oh my gosh, like, is she breathing? She actually felt like she had decent coloring um, from the get go. I uh, I saw just this white butt coming out. <laughs> first, doctor said, we got a butt, pulls her out butt first, flips her over, and, uh, and right away she starts crying. Screaming. She starts wailing. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing. And to hear that first cry was incredible because that first cry means she's alert she's her lungs are working Mm -hmm. she's breathing she's alive and so uh that was pretty cool and they were kind of showing her to me at that point and i said um i said hey can we pull the curtain down so angela can see and they pulled the curtain down and dr stance kind of lifted her up a little bit more and kind of kind of brought her forward a little bit so you could see. And uh, that video that we have is so great because she kind of gets large in the frame. She's totally in focus, tons of hair on her head. She looks like she's got, you know, gel all in her hair and she's got her little arms up and she is just unhappy as can be. She's got her breech leg down. She's got her breech leg straight out, you know, and she is just screaming because she just got pulled from this, comfy cozy spot and ripped out into the new world and she is pissed <laughs> <laughs> the poor little thing so and i said to angela i said we got we, we have a she's she's good she's good babe and um and then after that they uh well you know what i think we should just play some audio for them from that moment <laughs> we're gonna take you guys in the or and let you hear a little bit from our perspective, what was going on. I think you're going to be able to hear me mostly because I'm right next to the camera. Pretty sure you're going to hear the babe too. So 
I'll let you hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you hear that, baby? Grace is crying. She's good. She's, She's good. Oh, look at her. Look at her. Oh, oh baby. She's great. I think they're about to. I think they're about to drop it. They got a butt, baby. Yeah. Oh, okay. There is a cord around Oh, I see a baby butt. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You hear the cry? We got delay for Are you guys going to be able to drop the can so we, she can see? Can we drop down the yellow? Yeah. Yeah, okay. oh, oh my god. She's good. She's good. Oh, look at her. Look at her. Mama, oh. Oh, baby. She's great. Congratulations. And that was the moment that our daughter was born. So I don't really recall much of that. Well, the, 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 the problem is I can't tell you if I remember it happening or if I remember the video. But were you emotional when that was happening? Because I don't. I obviously wasn't because I wasn't even coherent. I think that I wasn't emotional. I wasn't crying. Um, I was overwhelmed with joy, but I wasn't crying. And I think the reason I wasn't crying is because, well, first of all, I'm not a big crier anyway, but it was a touching moment. But there's so much going on around you that all your senses are sort of being stimulated. So it's in that moment, I actually felt like it's hard to just kind of be sitting there with your emotions um, because there's still things happening around you. There's still four or five nurses zipping around doing stuff. The anesthesiologist is still right behind me. The heart monitor is still going beep, 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 beep. Uh, and now she's screaming. Um, I'm seeing the doctors working. I'm seeing them cut umbilical cord. I'm seeing them you know, start to you know, do things to you. So there's a lot of things happening and it still feels very busy and very hectic and still a little scary because it's not a situation that you're in all day ever or every day. So I don't think that I was fully like tapped into any emotions as far as like crying or anything like that at that moment, because I'm still so stimulated from mm -hmm. all the, all the different sights and sounds and the excitement of just knowing that she's healthy, and also trying to focus my energy still on you right? to make sure that you knew what was happening. And I was telling you what was going on. Um, even though, you know, your eyes were open, you know, now looking back, it's, you tell me you don't really remember a whole lot. So I was focused on you a lot too. I wanted to let you know what was going on. She was healthy, but I wanted to be with you in that moment still as well. So after that, um, they took the baby. Um, no, no, they, they, they wiped her real quick. They cleaned her up just a little bit and basically put her up on your chest. Oh, they didn't take her to the warmer first? 
No. When did you cut the umbilical cord? Well, so here's the thing. I didn't cut the umbilical cord like for real, for real. The doctors do that in a, right. in a C-section. Right. They, they, they cut it to where there's still some, a little bit of length on it. So the dad like almost like ceremoniously right. cuts it. And that's Which what I we did. Which we did a, a um, delayed cord clamping. Oh, we did. I guess we should talk about that real quick. Yeah. We did this thing called delayed cord clamping. That's when they, once the baby is actually born, they try to leave the baby attached. What? I'm just, I just was having a memory that I don't know if I've even told you about. So go ahead. That once the baby's born, they leave the umbilical cord there and attached um, for uh, sometimes even as long as a couple of minutes. And supposedly this is like a new thing that hospitals are doing maybe within the last five years or so. And they've kind of found that the blood from the umbilical cord keeps pumping into the baby. So giving them A, more blood, B, more healthy blood. Iron. Iron, um, nutrients, that essential stem cell blood that's in the cord uh, goes into the baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should also mention that we did end up doing cord blood. We ended up banking the cord blood. Yes, we did. Which was a very last minute decision. We because literally made it as we were <laughs> as we were going in the room. Going into the room. Actually, I think you were already in the room when I was handling some of that you stuff. You were. Yeah, you were handling it when I was in the OR. So the, Justin and Melissa, we talked to them and they're the ones who talked us into doing it. The cord blood banking, I guess, just to backtrack real quick, is, and this is another thing, well, I guess this and the playlist we didn't do. <laughs> the cord the cord blood is what well, you we do. we thought we had time. You, you get the blood from the umbilical cord and they actually store it and they like cryogenically freeze it like freaking Austin Powers in some freezer in Nebraska and what it's supposed to do is it has all of these stem cells in it that you know can't are not found anywhere else in your body but these are these like regener- regenerating cells that you can build things on and you can cure diseases you can you can um, possibly even regenerate um, organs and tissue from these cells and they've this is kind of like a newer thing so we, it's very expensive. It's like $1,500 or $2,000 uh, for like the initial freeze. Mm-hmm. And then what is it like $100, $100 a year, $150 like a that. year? Yeah. We initially thought we weren't going to do this because we were like, you know what? That's a lot of money. It just feels excessive. I don't know. As we're, we, as we're being wheeled back, um, they kind of were like, are you doing this? And I was like, oh, crap. Uh I don't know, maybe, sure, let's just do it. And she was like, what brand, you know, what company? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Unfortunately, this is the one area I didn't research. I didn't, I missed it. And I I don't know. I was like, can you just guide me through it? Just tell me, you know, do they all cost the same? She said, yeah, roughly. I said, well, which one's the best? Just, you know, whatever. And she goes, okay, I'm just going to give you, you know, this particular this particular company. Is this the doctor or Effie? This was Effie. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, I'm gonna give you this one. They're one of the biggest companies around. They've been in they've been in the game the longest. Here. Here's your here here here. We're gonna take this kit. Now if you sign right here and you open this kit, it's yours. Like you're being charged. And I was like, fine, just do it. Let's just just do it. So it's so, because you couldn't even have a conversation with me at that moment no, to no, even no. decide if it was the no. right thing. This so it was just the, like it was go time. It was, made the decision. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I would hate, I mean, think about this. In 10 years time, if if you or the baby 
or even like one of our other children or, or me, if we have, there's a possibility they say that it can be a healing like blood for myself or Angela or the baby or any siblings that she might have. I mean, it could cure, what were they saying? Like it, it could cure it's like leukemia, leukemia and certain types of cancers and things like that. And they kind of said, and to be honest, we don't even know the full extent of cord blood because it's not been around long enough. You know, so there could be new developments in the next 10 years that who knows what it could cure. And so we thought at that time, I was like, you know what, just do it, bank it, and uh, give us the decision later, as opposed to uh, not having the option. So go back to baby's born, umbilical cord is cut. I think they wiped her down. They put her right on your chest at that moment. I know they put a hat on her. They did put a hat. We were very, very adamant about skin to skin, ASAP. Yeah. We've heard that's the best thing for them. It, it transfers microbes to the baby from Angela's skin. It helps bonding. So they put the baby on Angela's chest right away as they were as they were stitching her up. Mm-hmm. So the curtain was back up at this point. That They're, was really important. Yes. But didn't she keep like falling down? She and kept, were you holding her up? Um, a little bit. Um, I started on one side and then they told me to go over to the other side to kind of help stabilize the baby because she kept like sliding off. Um, but Because uh, I was so out of it. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't. It was hard for you to stabilize. There wasn't much room on your chest anyway because you have the curtain and, you know, whatever, whatever. So, um, and the baby calmed down immediately. When they put <laughs> her on your chest, it, it just took her probably a few seconds and she calmed down. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. She stopped crying. She calmed down and she was content on mom's chest. I remember talking to her a little bit, like trying to get my words out. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're sitting here talking, I'm having flashbacks of things that I've forgotten about. One of which, before you came in the room, I remember telling the anesthesiologist that my chest was so heavy. Like I felt like I couldn't breathe. Mm. And I remember him talking to me and saying, your oxygen's at 100%. You can breathe fine. But like in my head, mm-hmm. I felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. Yeah. And then I think I think this is after the surgery is already going on and you're, but maybe it's before. I can't remember w- at what point this happened, but Effie came over to my head and goes, do you want to keep your placenta? And I go, huh? She goes, you know, do you like want to eat your placenta? Like, and she's joking at this point, but like, it's still a real question. And I'm like, uh, no, (laughs) but like, she's having this like comical moment with me when I can't even function, but like that just came back to me. So I'm assuming you weren't sitting there when that happened. I don't. I feel like you would have heard that and you would have known it because she was over on my left side where you would have been sitting. Actually, I I think I do remember that. Do you? I kind of do. Uh, also, one she was more trying th- to be lighthearted with yeah. me. One more thing to add also is that because I'd only put nine songs on the playlist, oh yeah, our anesthesiologist just took it upon himself to add more songs. He's literally back there with his legs crossed, like on Twitter or something. Um, but uh, he took it upon himself to to grab my phone and just start adding songs to the playlist, which ended up being just great. And and some he was adding a few other worship One songs. One I remember that we was really "God loved. Gave Me You" from Blake Shelton. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, and and that's kind of a one of I wouldn't say Angela and I's songs, but I remember Angela like wanting me to listen to it. Yeah, because you know she felt like it was it was special. So you that know, was cool when he was doing my um, epidural or spinal block. He he asked me what kind of music we liked. 
he was having a conversation mm. asking me and I said, I, you know, we, I love forties and because then, um, sentimental journey was on the list, right? Yes. That was playing Doris Day sentimental journey because that was one of Mama's songs. And he was like, Oh, so like, this is an interesting pick or something. I said, well, we love forties music and forties movies. And so I remember having those conversations, like everybody just like really tried to like be conversational with us, which was nice. Yeah. Because it didn't, it made it feel, it didn't feel like a sterile experience, you know? Right. Except for when they made me believe that the baby had flipped. I, was, <laughs> I could have done without that. And I could have done without the Benadryl. Those are the two things. Yeah. So the baby is on Angela's chest doing skin to skin. I don't even remember how long that was. Maybe like 15 minutes, maybe. Like it kind of felt like a long time. Was it? Yeah, I think so. 15, maybe even 20 minutes. And then at that point, then they, they, or, or you know what? Maybe it was even longer. I think it was longer. I think it was probably maybe 30, 35 minutes. We, we just sat there with her. And so were just you kind of like bonding. just holding her on me basically? Just, I feel like I remember one time looking up and your hand being on her back, but her being on my chest. Maybe just helping stabilize and just wanting to like touch her and stuff too. And we were just looking at her. I took a couple pictures at that time, took a little video. So we do have some video of just her just, you know, being on Angela's chest for the first time. And then, you know, they continued again. The doctors are still down there stitching her up, doing stitching Angela up, doing their thing. And uh, before we uh, go out to recovery, that's when they took McKinley and weighed her and put her on the warmer okay. and took all the measurements. And, and at then that that's point, when you did her. At that point, I went over there with them. Okay. You stayed with, you stayed right with her. I stayed with, with, and I remember, do you remember me asking you, you know, I'm going to go over there. Is that okay? I'm just going to go right here. I'm maybe, st- maybe now that you say that. I said, I'm, I'm going right there. I'm going to be like five steps from you. I'm still in the room. I'm going to go over there with the baby. And you said, okay. And um, I went over there and weighed her and I watched as the nurses kind of cleaned her up a little bit more. And, um, and you know, of course she was crying and crying and crying, but it's, you know, again, in that room, the crying doesn't bother you at all. It just means like, yes, cry, cry. Cause that means your lungs are strong and you're getting the liquids out and everything. And so it was so nice to just hear her cry. And um, that's where I saw the birthmark. She's got a little birthmark on her calf and, I saw it there and I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's a pretty dark birthmark. I've and never seen a birthmark dark. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. And um, it's over on the warmer is where they were like, okay, dad, do you want to you wanna cut the cord? And they gave me the scissors and and uh, I, I I cut it. You know, the, one of the doctors took my camera and got a picture of me. It's that a gra- picture's really cute. It's a great picture. It is. It's really good. It's a great picture. Yeah. So then after that happened, they the doctors over there with Angela were kind of like pretty much done with you. And they were already starting to kind of like unclip the the things to start to wheel you out. Well, Dr. Stance, I remember, came over to, to me and talked to me when you weren't there. Mm-hmm. And I think that she might have like shook me a little bit to wake me up. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, just to let you know, her cord was really short. And she said it was wrapped around her throat. And that's why she was breached. So you heard it here first. That's the answer this whole (laughs) entire time. The cord was short. She said it was very short. She also told me that she, while she was in there, she looked for endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And um, everything looked all clear. So I felt really good about that, too. I don't remember you standing there when she was talking to me. I wasn't. I was still five, six steps away over okay. at the warmer with the other two nurses. So they start to they start to get you going. 
Uh, they put the baby in the little clear bassinet and wheel her out. And from that point on, they they wheel you out and they wheel the baby out. And I'm and I walk with the baby. And I'm, we're literally right behind you. I think I said, hey, we're going to be right behind you. We're walking out with you. It's not like I never left your side. Yeah. We walk out of the doors and we turn left and right into a little recovery area. And, um, and that's where recovery starts. And I think that's where our, our lives as parents start. Began. Yeah, began. So I think we'll divide this up because starting re- in recovery, that's a whole new story and whole new details and all that so um i think we'll sum it up right here and um and we're just so happy to share this experience and maybe um some of you guys can hear it and be you know either entertained by it but maybe even better you you can learn from it and and take our experiences and uh and you know hopefully it eases some of your fears or something if you're going to go into this too yeah but um we're so excited to be parents and we're so grateful and thankful and she's this perfect little angel <laughs> <laughs> and um we just can't be any more happy than we are and she's perfect the perfect combination of us too yeah <laughs> so uh we'll come back you'll hear the rest next time bye <laughs>